Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Now, get ready to spend the next two hours with four smart, sport-loving ladies. This is Helmets and Heels with Lauren, Donna, Taylor, and Mia, driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. Well, 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 Victory Tuesday, we meet again. Ooh. This Victory Tuesday, I will say, was pretty stress-free. This is the first Jaguars game that I was not nervous about whatsoever mm-hmm. in a long time. But I will tell you, I still am superstitious. Mm-hmm. So I was still wearing everything the same, <laughs> but I was not nervous. And what a nice feeling it was it when was. the Jaguars destroyed the Texans on Sunday. It was beautiful. And that's what, it's one of the games where, like, I was a little nervous beforehand, but I think it's trauma response because you're just so. Scar there, tissue. Yes. And there's there's been so many moments where I, going into that game, you're like, this shouldn't be hard. Like, this should be a game you win, and that you, this should happen. But then everyone's like, well, it's nine straight, and even in these years, and da-da-da. And you're like, okay, let's take a step back, and let's just say that this team is in a very different place, especially from last year. But it was pretty quickly into the game where I was like, okay, this is this is going to be a game that the Jags will control, unless some crazy – bad injury happens which luckily it did not but we've seen something very scary recently that you just never know but you always hope for something not like that but so you, I was sitting there I was like all right this feels like it's going to be a comfortable game and it was and Mia to me the Jaguars not just a different team from last season they're a different team from the Jaguars team that played the Texans here at TIA Bankfield earlier this season yeah it's safe to say um especially when they jumped up 21 nothing almost instantly and you could tell Doug Peterson was looking around being like all right, do, do I pull Trevor now? <laughs> yeah. like, 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 what am I supposed to do with my hands? And if anything, it was more fascinating that when Travis Etienne was pulled right after halftime, he looked kind of shocked. Like, he looked, like, upset that he wasn't going to play. I mean, sorry, bro, he already went over 150 yards. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, settle in, like, get ready for next week, which especially now in hindsight yep. was very critical because now the Jaguars obviously on a short week heading into week 18 against the tit- Titans. To me, I have not worried about that in the least. What worries me is clearly Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know that Josh Dobbs is going to be able to do enough against this defense that has been playing so well, hasn't allowed a touchdown, it feels like, since early December, I guess mid-December. Yeah, I'm not as worried about Josh Dobbs. But Derrick Henry still poses a legitimate threat, and we saw the first time the Jaguars played the Titans. He had over 100 yards in the first quarter. He is a He was coined the Yuli Bulldozer by Ryan O'Halloran mm-hmm. for a reason. He scares me, scares me to death. Yeah, and I I think it it would be silly to say you're not scared of Derrick Henry because I'm not scared of Josh Dobbs either. And I think that sometimes when you have a quarterback that's coming in and you don't have a ton of film on him and you don't have a a lot to watch from that quarterback recently, you're like, okay, well, what if? Because he can come in and do this. We've seen Josh Dobbs over the year. It's not like he's just – he's not Brock Purdy coming in this year as a complete surprise. So you you have enough on Josh Dobbs where you can – figure out the little bit that he can do. But Derrick Henry's a different story. No matter how much you are planned, there's always the surprise awaiting from Derrick Henry. And, yes, they figured it out and later in the half this last week and the first game they played him. But I think also you have to start – you have to address that as a legitimate issue. So what I will say, 
as as both of you know, uh, and JJ knows, uh, I am alongside MJD uh, in the reverse jinx mm-hmm. train. Um, in that uh, ever since we both started picking against the Jags, they started winning a lot. So uh, we'll be picking against the Jags again. Sorry, spoiler alert, although obviously I'm rooting for the Jags. <laughs> Frank I says s- that too in our picks. I say all that to say, I say all that to say, the Titans offensive line is historically bad. Mm-hmm. Historically bad. And while I don't think the offensive line makes or breaks Derrick Henry, we've seen that over the past seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I do think that that could maybe, you know, diminish his role a little bit, and especially when he has to be 80% of this offense because it goes beyond Josh Dobbs not just being a game manager. It goes to the fact that, yes, they'll have Traylon Burks back, and he obviously was in the concussion protocol and didn't face the Jags a few weeks ago. But outside of him and perhaps Chiggy, the uh, rookie tight end out of Maryland, who who else scares you in that receiving core for the Tennessee Titans? That is why Derrick Henry and stopping Derrick Henry is so important. And Mm -hmm. moreover, if you can do that, there's not a whole lot else you have to really worry about. It does feel like this is a load-the-box game. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars are going to sell out to stop the run, and if Josh Dobbs beats them over the top to Traylon Burks, or, or certainly the rookie tight end, then you regroup and you figure out what to do moving forward. But until that happens, it, it does feel like this is going to be a stop Derrick Henry game, and that's going to be the, the mindset of Mike Caldwell. I want to go back to one thing when it comes to the Texans. Mia, we've talked so much this season about Doug Peterson and the culture that he's building and the fact that he was able to resuscitate this franchise's culture from being atrocious to being what it is now. His full steam ahead approach per sources uh, went really, really well against the Texans. And we've given him so much credit as a play caller and for building the culture as well. Does he get enough credit around here? I mean, I know we keep talking so many positive things about Doug Peterson and so many positive things about Trevor Lawrence, but I'm still not sure Doug Peterson gets enough credit. No, because he's still not even in remotely in the coach of the year conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm seeing people all of a sudden stumping for Brian Dable, and I'm like, well, yes, obviously the turnaround in New York is fantastic. They're making the playoffs for the first time since 2016. But this franchise is making the playoffs for the first time. Yes, I said they're making the playoffs for the first time oh, since. Oh boy! Two- oh yikes! <laughs> I know, I know. Even I said it. Yikes! Ooh, I have to catch myself there. Uh, since 2000, 2000- <laughs> take a breath. Yes, exactly. For the first time since 2017, and moreover, that is after they had the number one overall pick not once but twice yeah. during that drought. And yeah. so. Listen, what Brian Dable did in New York, fantastic. What Kyle Shanahan has been able to do with literally a revolving door at quarterback speaks Mm -hmm. to how brilliant of an offensive play caller he is. Nick Sirianni, maybe his star is a little tarnished over the last few weeks, and perhaps Mm -hmm. it all was Jalen Hurts after all. Um, But but that's what's so funny. Take that, Micah Parsons. Right. (laughs) And and that's why, like, for, for the Jags to get, whether it was Sunday Night Football, and we can certainly dive into my favorite conversation of the past 72 hours, or whether it was the Saturday night game that they are going to have with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on the call, they needed this primetime game. And whether they win or lose, this is the opportunity that this franchise needs to say, yes, not only is Doug Peterson legit, not only is Trevor Lawrence legit, but the entire franchise is legit. And Taylor, you'll be there as a fan? Yes. I'm so excited for you. I'm excited because I was was telling Frank during Crosstalk, I was like, I was sitting there waiting for the time and day to be announced. And, you know, everyone kind of had the feeling it would be flexed in some form because they're like, it should be at least here. And I'm, I'm waiting and I'm waiting and it finally flashed up on the screen. And I was like, yes, that is like the ideal situation, especially <laughs> for me not having to worry about going to work early Monday morning. It's on a Saturday night. I get to like fully enjoy this. Day. 
Hopefully. hopefully yes. Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. I, we're, we're all talking like the Jaguars have won. I can't no, the do funny that part yet. is Lauren in our promotions meeting this morning, I was the one who said to the rest of the staff, I was like, so like as we're making plans for playoffs, like if they don't make it, what are we going to do? And uh, our sales director kind of looked at me and was like, Full steam ahead. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay, all right. Okay, Coach Peterson. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Ken. (laughs) But it is, that is a part of our side of the job when you do like the social stuff. You do have to work so far ahead sometimes. Like we mentioned playoffs, honestly, probably, I want to say after the, I'm trying to remember what game. They they had won one of the games and we kind of. After the Raiders. Yeah. And we were like, should we? Because we have to kind of get to that point where you do work so far ahead. But then we were all like, ah, but we don't want to do that yet. Like we also talk on air about this and we're fans of the team so we don't want to get there yet um but at this point i mean you're a step away at this point one step just a tennessee takes down the hated villainous (laughs) awful bully titans take them down but here's the thing it's at home yes i i as much as i know jeff logman and leon and baselli have all been saying how this will be the biggest regular season game in franchise history i'm expecting it to be one of the best crowds Oh, in for sure. regular season, if not including playoff history. And that's, that's... With a ton of Jaguars, not just a great Correct. crowd. With a ton of Jaguars yeah. in specifically. Yes, because no offense. I mean, historically speaking, even when they are the number one seed in the AFC, do the Titans really travel to Jacksonville? Like, yes and no. You'll see them, but I also think this year is different because the, like, Tennessee... They know they suck. That's what I was like. They're honestly, they've had... checked out. Yeah, they're mad right now. Like, their season went from, okay, this is easy. We have the number one, we have the AFC South no matter what, to coming down to having to play your division rival because you lost, what, five in a row now? Six? Six in a row. Six in a row. And so they're on the down. And when you're in that point where you're just like, man, you had everything. Granted, I guess you you lose your quarterback. But it's not like, to me, Ryan Tannehill was like the biggest massive game changer. So Josie pulled up the stat during primetime today. 50% of the Titans payroll is either on the injured reserve list or they've spent time on the injured Mm. list. If you look at their depth chart, I mean – at least half of the players have a letter next to yeah. it. A lot of them I are, but there's also Q's, a lot of questionable. Yeah. Right. It, it they are very banged up. They have lost the six in a row, which is the same as the Colts, by mm-hmm. the way. That's how bad they are. They've lost the same uh, amount of games over the past six games that the Colts have, and we know how bad the Colts are. Yeah. But as a as a fan, you feel yes, you feel like right now the Jaguars are playing super well. Trevor Lawrence didn't even play that well against the Texans no. and the Jaguars blew past them. But you still have scar tissue mm-hmm. and you're always going to be nervous about a game like this. Yeah. But you certainly would rather play Josh Dobbs and you'd much rather play a banged up Tennessee yeah. team. And yes, I think the crowd is going to be just, I mean, beyond our wildest dreams electric. Obviously covering the Jaguars Bills or Bills Jaguars playoff game that was January 2018. It was a one o'clock kick. Mm-hmm. The whole time, everyone was talking about all the Buffalo fans coming to town and how bars were running out of beer, and it was all about kind of their fan base that was st- slowly they, like, starting on selling the folding tables that yes. week. Because- <laughs> right, people were afraid of what they were going to do with the folding tables. But the conversation wasn't about does Jacksonville have a franchise quarterback? How long can Jacksonville can mm-hmm. sustain this run? Yeah, this era of Jaguars football, and. Being all over the the stadium and tailgates and all that stuff, doing the kickoff show that morning, I would say it was a fun atmosphere, but I wouldn't say it was anywhere close to electric. Mm -hmm. And Jaguars fans knew they were winning that game. There was nothing that, yeah, they didn't score a ton of points. It was 10 to 3. Jags won, obviously. But it was never this, 
holy cow, mm-hmm. we I want to be at that stadium when it's the beginning of this new era of Jaguars football. That, to me, is what Saturday night mm-hmm. is. Yes. Yes. I, I'm, see, <laughs> yes. I'm seeing the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. We're getting some very good suggestions for uh, game day okay. operations. Uh, maybe we can bring this to the Jags, courtesy of 9247. Uh, the Jags should have fireworks around the stadium whenever they score a touchdown. Would look good for night national TV. That would yes. look good. Uh, as someone who jumps every time they send off the when the national anthem plays and the red rockets glare and they send that off i jump every time just let me know that you're gonna <laughs> do the fireworks me. in advance please like i don't think i could go to a game at raymond james stadium every time the they cannon. fire the cannons it scares me every time yeah i think i would jump for that every time as well all right so me and i will be in the press box taylor will be celebrating as a fan and jj will you be here working Yes, I will be here. Okay, so at in least that same in that very same, same chair, literally sitting in the seat. So we're all doing the exact same thing we've all done, except Taylor. So if something yeah. happens, people know fault. who to blame. I'll I'm leave. I'll kidding. leave the stadium if there. We're not letting you pick impact players, so it's no. just fine. All right, I want to get to this super fun conversation and, and have a much more serious conversation when we come back to get it to Demar Hamlin and what went on last night, as, as well as some insight that Mia has from a local organization. You are listening to Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet on 10 to XL 92.5 FM. A Tuesday night tradition in Duval. Helmets and Heels. Driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. Little Beatles on this Victory Tuesday. I like it, JJ. All right, JJ and I were just talking in the break about Christian Erickson. For people who don't know, he is a soccer player, plays now for Man U. Is that right, JJ? Got an assist today. Got an assist. Okay, excellent. Well, so this was not this past summer, but the summer before, and I'll never forget. So my cousin had broken her ankle the night before on a bicycle, and I had to take her to the hospital the next day. So I'm sitting in the hospital, and of course, if anyone's ever been to a hospital, you know you sit and wait for mm-hmm. hours upon hours upon hours. So I'm sitting there, and Brian texts me, and he's like, you'll never believe what's happening. Christian Erickson just died on the soccer field. But they're trying to resusc- mm-hmm. resuscitate him. And JJ, you had a similar situation. You were on the beach yeah, and your brother texted you. Yeah, I was at the beach you. and I, I looked, because it was during the Euros. Yep. But I refused to watch Denmark play. Terribly boring. So we went to the beach that day. And I looked on my app and it was like, the game's being delayed. And in soccer, that never happens. And I'm like, okay, that's sort of weird. Put my phone up. Then like 20 minutes later, my brother texts me, same exact thing. And I was like, what? And I had to look it up on Twitter. And then I see that they're starting. Like, they're coming back out. They're going to play. Like, they're going to finish the game. I think it was right before uh, halftime. And so they came out and played like five minutes and then went in for halftime and finished the game. And he needed CPR on the field also. So This was like really, if you watched the coverage, it was a lot different than last night. Yes. Right. Like they're giving him CPR on the field. ESPN didn't really show any of that, thank goodness. Right. No one really needs to see that. Both sets of players last night kind of formed that wall so cameras couldn't get in, which I thought was good. You you don't need to see that. Mm -hmm. And I was at home watching the Florida-Florida State basketball game when Keontae Johnson collapsed. And because obviously I'm a Florida fan and, and I know more about Keontae Johnson, I was crying my eyes out that day, not sure you know what was going to happen. And last night, I knew nothing about DeMar Hamlin before the game kicked off. And then when it happened, I was then crying. I've never met this person, you know, obviously, yeah. n- didn't know anything about him. And I'm sitting there bawling my eyes out like I cannot imagine what his mom is going through. Who was in teammates- the stands. Right, yeah. who was in the stands, who watched that, what his teammates are going through. I mean, the entire country that was watching, 
all of the emotions that go into all of that, I think they made the right decision and not to play. Right. Uh, obviously, it was the right decision not yeah. to play. I mean, listen, I, I get the NFL is a machine. It's going to keep chugging on. But with it being a standalone game, mm-hmm. with it being this game that had all this hype and everyone and their mother was watching it, and moreover, with a player literally dying on the field and then having to be brought back to life, I don't know how in what world you could come back and have played the game last night. JJ and I and Lauren and Taylor and XL Primetime earlier today were discussing at what point would they have said, like, okay, like the game is just off the books because they still have it. And that's this is an unprecedented situation. So I don't fault the NFL. I don't fault ESPN that they don't know how to respond in this situation. And, and that's, I think, where we already have questions about DeMar Hamlin's status because, as we know now, you know he's still listed in critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, and he's in a medically-induced coma. His pulse has been restored. His vitals have been restored. Unfortunately, the way that sudden cardiac arrest works is that by being induced into that medical coma – He could, I mean, quite frankly, I'll tell you this from my work with the Sudden Cardiac Arrest group locally, uh, who we play for, a couple of the athletes I've worked with have walked out of the hospital two days later on their own. A couple others have been in the hospital for three to four weeks, Mm -hmm. and they don't wake up for at least a week. And so that is now where we're in this waiting game to obviously know if this human life is safe, which is paramount, and first and foremost, it should be on everyone's mind. But moreover, the Bills, whether they're getting ready to go play this Bengals game again, or they're getting ready to play the Patriots on Sunday. Like, life goes on. Mm-hmm. And that's the scariest part to, like, really wrap your head around with this whole thing is, like, what is actually the timeline? Like, number one, for a human life, but also, like, how do we progress from here? Well, and I don't think they're going to play the game is where I think it'll end up. I think they're just going to figure out, the based off of winning percentages, you know, how they determine the playoffs and the seeds and all that stuff. I don't think they're going I, – I just think because of it's this time in the season, there yeah. are no more buys. I don't think they're willing – the NFL is willing to adjust the playoff schedule, the postseason schedule. So that my guess is they don't play it. I thought we so would So what have, do they do, a tie, or they just let the – I think they just don't winner. even have the game on – They're just down a yeah, – Yeah, I think they're going to they probably wait to see what happens with the games this weekend. Pray desperately that somehow that – Matchup won't mean it doesn't, anything. Yeah, which it doesn't affect it. It's impossible to not. Mm-hmm. And uh, like Lauren said, they're not going to play it. And they're just not telling you right now. They're keeping all of their quote options open, but there's not any time to play it. Right. You can't play it. I yeah. think the only thing they could have done is play it tonight. But I yeah. think the players, mental health conversations right now are so prevalent. Mm-hmm. And I think that you would have some players who went through serious trauma last night. Yeah. That probably said, I can't play in one night. I still don't know if, if this person whom I love, my brother, my teammate, mm-hmm. is alive like or is going to be alive. He's alive right now, obviously. You might not know that Sunday. And though. they also might not know that Sunday, right. And I do not think that the Bills will ask for another week off. Like, I don't think they're going to do that. But I do think it's going to be hard for certain players to be able to play the game the same way that they Absolutely. would. Absolutely, yeah. It, it's a it's a really tenuous situation, and and obviously praying for him to recover fully. And like the two situations with those athletes that we were just talking about, both Christian Erickson and Keontae Johnson play the sports that they love to play to this day. Yeah. Now Christian Erickson, correct me if I'm wrong, JJ. They put something, put some sort of device. Yeah, to he where has like a. Uh... Like a governor in his heart, almost. They, right. So it, no, the the device basically will prevent him 
from having he knows not to do certain you know mm-hmm. at a certain speed. And I because of that, he wasn't allowed to rejoin the team that he played right. for. So he played in Italy, got that put in to continue his career, and it's against the rules to have that. Um, Which so that's I, a dumb rule. Yeah, I don't understand. I like the specifics of it, but they're just doing it because we don't want any. One with heart issues playing. And that I certainly understand. Yeah, uh, Lots like, of liability there, especially right. after a guy who's already had a condition, you know, passed out on the field once. I understand it, but there's like four or five leagues that don't allow it, and then there's a few that do. So mm-hmm. he's playing in England where they do. And so, I don't know enough about heart conditions. I, to, and I don't certainly either, nor yeah. do I ever pretend to. But I know that Keontae Johnson was not going to be medically cleared at Florida, but now he's obviously able to play at Kansas State. Mm-hmm. So certain doctors— He might have something like that. And I also wonder, out. right, they, we never got a lot of information, nor are we owed any information to someone's health status. For instance, Keontae Johnson, we, we didn't, didn't know find for a out, week. Yeah, we didn't find out for quite some time what exactly was happening, and we didn't ever hear exactly what it was until much later. So I was a little surprised that we heard cardiac arrest so quickly last night, uh, or I guess early this morning. My friend uh, Abby, who used to be an athletic trainer, still works for a rehab company. She texted me that term, commotio. Yes. Car- Commotio Cardis, yes, which is also what uh, Sean Seema, one of the directors mm-hmm. of who we play for, immediately mm-hmm. texted me. Um, I had heard some things in other NFL circles about there also being potentially, again, this is just speculation and from you know what I've heard, blood on the field. And so that is where I texted Sean because I'm like, that that's not a symptom of sudden cardiac arrest. You don't typically see that, although – as Joe Cower pointed out to us, when one of uh, it was his uh, his his daughter's friend, correct, JJ, on the basketball yeah, on the basketball like court, um, when she collapsed and had, they had to perform CPR, she coughed up like a mucus. So not sure if it was that exactly, mm-hmm. but either way, the point is is that this commotio cardis, and I apologize that I'm butchering that pronunciation. Um, the same reason that I don't say Chiggy, the tight end from the tight his last name. Um, basically, more or less, it is. When blunt force strikes the heart at just the right point. And so not only can you see it on the lacrosse field with a lacrosse ball, they see it a lot in Little League. I know Tony Baselli shared an anecdote on the drill this morning about it happening in his hometown in Colorado. So it do ha- we need more chest protection yeah, then? It happened. Like this, almost it, like a flak jacket? It happened in my hometown about three years ago. Um, and thankfully, you know, CPR was administered to the young boy. Um yeah, I, it, it's just so rare. Yeah. Like, we hear these stories. And we also don't know that that's what happened. You know, like, yeah, we don't know that that's what happened. And if it was something that's that, like, I feel like it would happen all the time in football then. Well, they said it doesn't. It, it so never happens the, in football. The doctor that I saw talking about it said it is, like, such a split second that it has to exactly happen. Like, the blunt force to the chest has to happen at this exact like rhythmic part of your heartbeat, and it just the chances of that happening are not. It's not that co- it, it doesn't happen often. So I wouldn't say we have to like change all the equipment in football. But not just, necessarily football, but I was thinking like lacrosse or baseball, softball, like something that's very simple that you could wear to protect yourself. At least in my mind, wouldn't mm-hmm. be a bad idea, especially for youth. Um, Abby was working a high school lacrosse game when player was hit and she said thankfully they performed CPR and and that player is fine but it does make you wonder if it's if it's not JJ like if it if it wasn't commotio cordis 
and it was just an underlying heart condition, should there be testing that then goes on? Because I think there are, are other situations like Uche Waneri, who just mm-hmm. passed away of, of a heart attack at age 38. Are there some underlying conditions that we can detect? And so, yeah, not necessarily change everything, but can we do a little bit more? Remember when COVID happened and, yep. and then all Everyone the colleges- Everyone was worried about myocarditis. All the colleges started testing players for that. Mm-hmm. I assumed that was already a thing, like especially at major colleges, right. but apparently it's not. No, it's so not. So if you have like an enlarged heart or whatever- right. correct. You don't really know. And so that's what Who We Play For, that organization I mentioned, which uh, I actually am going to tweet out because my dad told me he was at work trying to learn more about what happened. And so he actually went back and found my- uh, mini documentary from last year and watched nice. it back so he could be familiarized with what sudden cardiac arrest is. So I'll, I'll tweet that on my uh, Twitter account if you guys are logged in on there if you want to watch that. Um, but it's... I lost my train of thought now. We were talk- So you're talking about uh, yeah, ECGs. Yeah, for, so, yeah. yeah, so who we play for, what they do is they actually um, provide free ECG screenings, free EKG screenings to school districts throughout the state of Florida, throughout the United States, um, through grants, totally free. But what their goal is, in addition to, as they did back in 2021, they were able to change the law because Florida was one of only a handful of states that didn't require a CPR class for high school graduation. They were able to overturn that law. The next law they're working on here in the state of Florida is to ensure that with a high school sports physical, you also have to have an ECG screening to gradu- to, to play sports. That's not to graduate. And that's mm-hmm. the scary part is you have some students who don't play sports. Sure. And you may never know. And crazy things have happened. Some of these, you know individuals that I've interviewed one of them was working a forklift and that's when he fell yeah well so thankfully you know he had someone else with him who was able to catch him um but he said usually at that hour of the day he would be driving to lunch and that would be even scarier if it happened while he was Mm -hmm. driving on an open road um so yeah so the ECG screenings uh, JJ I will tell you this because I was like if I'm gonna you know preach this message I need to like do it myself when I had my annual physical last January I asked them I was like can you perform one on me and they were like, uh, yeah, sure. Like, wh- you, have you been feeling anything? And I was like, no, but like, I've been working with this group and like all this talk of like, you know, the rise in sudden cardiac arrest and like young people like probably want to get it done. And they were like, okay, sure. And like, th- they did an ECG on me. And like, I, I've been able to administer it through the nonprofit on other young athletes. And it's a super easy test. So mm-hmm. if you're going for your physical this next year, ask to have an ECG screening. And it's a lot of, there's a lot of information that can come out of that screening that you wouldn't get in a normal physical. Which is the electrocardiogram. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. I will say I've learned a lot about heart stuff and they usually are more reactive than proactive. And so if you're not experiencing issues, you're not yeah. going to have these tests done. And, and sometimes the tests need to be done even though there are no issues. And, mm-hmm. and that is certainly the, the scariest thing about uh, the heart. And, and it's an amazing muscle that works for us. Uh, most of the time, but when it doesn't, it, it can be terrifying. You like have a great heart, Lauren. Oh, Aww. thanks, JJ. That was very sweet of you. <laughs> and I'm now uh, very lost uh, at words or lost for words on what I'm going to tease for the next segment. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, when we come back, uh, I may have a lovely heart for the people I love, but I certainly hate the Titans. I mean, 100% hate everything about them. We will get it back to Titans, Jaguars when we come back. It's in Helmets and Heels. Jim by Tartlett on 1010XL 92.5 FM. These heels are made for talking. Helmets and heels. Driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. All right, is everybody but Taylor ready to choose their (laughs) impact players against the Tennessee Titans? 
Taylor gets to think silently of her <laughs> impact players. Myself. And I will tell people why that is. It's because previously when Taylor was able to choose them on air, they either did not perform or they got hurt. Yes. So we're not going down that road. And also, even like in that same light, because the last two weeks, so we didn't have a show last week. Right. And then I had my birthday uh, party that night of the Tuesday before that. So for two weeks, when the Jags are looking like this right now, I didn't even get to talk about them. So we'll just keep this going. Maybe I you should have not came. <laughs> That's what she said. Well, oh. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I will Sorry, say, JJ, I had to. I will say in the break, we were already kind of trying to influence Taylor that she may not get to go to this Jaguars-Titans <laughs> game because the last time she was at a Jaguars game, we lost to the Texans. Yeah. So peer pressure uh, has at least go. begun to, to not go, but it, it really should be a fun, super fun atmosphere. I'm, I'm just so excited for this fan base that has waited for so long. Uh, the people that weren't here in 99 and weren't here in 2017, really. There are people that have moved here that are diehard Jaguars fans, and they've barely seen any wins. Yeah. And so, certainly for all the people well, that have been Well, since Mia's fans, been working here, right. she's barely seen any Exactly. Wins. Yep. <laughs> look at that. Maybe I wasn't the jinx after all. Maybe it was Ben Murphy. See? <laughs> look at that. Throwing people under the bus left, <laughs> left and, and right. right. I'm taking numbers today, people. <laughs> all right. I'm going to start with my uh, impact players, because I get to. And I'm going to take the one and only Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback. I think that's an obvious one. And then I'll also take another obvious one because that's what I'm doing today. But there's so many obvious ones on defense, honestly. I will take Foyer Luakun. He mm. leads the NFL in tackles. We all know that. Uh, and obviously going up against Derrick Henry, that's going to be a big matchup. Foyer has been just spectacular for this team. Such a great mm. offseason acquisition. So I'm going to take Trevor and I'm going to take Foyer. And JJ, you get to go next. Um. I'll take Kirk. Okay. I feel like when he has a really good game, the Jags do well. Um, when he gets like his eight catches, whatever. Uh, yep. I'll take Kirk, and I guess I'll take it's still just a revenge game, mm-hmm. Dewey. Oh, Dewey. okay. Against Derrick Henry. I love it. Just every game against the Titans for him is a revenge game. I am curious. I have to go back and see how many snaps Dewey had in that Titans game because it was the Ravens game two weeks earlier that they had that three safety look, and he really only played the Titans game because Cisco Mm -hmm. didn't play. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to see if they – because they really didn't have that three safety look too much, if if memory serves me. Yeah, I don't think so. Which is interesting considering they were trying to, like, you know, crowd the box to Mm -hmm. stop Lamar, but then maybe not Derrick Henry. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how many snaps he played. I Didn't can't. we get an, an, interception an interception taken away from him? By a... No, he had an interception. Oh, okay. At least according to the I box. I thought somebody got a penalty. Maybe I was wrong played. about that. Uh, that was Devin Lloyd, I think. Oh, okay. I think that was Lloyd. Derek, uh, Devin Lloyd has, what, like three interceptions this year? Taken and away. Two, and, well, no, yeah, two of them have been like, like I mean, the one last week was like at halftime as the clock was like winding oh, down. Oh, like a Hail Mary yeah. or something. Yeah. And then oh, yeah. there was another one, too, that was like a very much like, well, Oh, by the cool. way, he's, he's just in the it. right place yeah. at the right time. For sure. All right, Mia, who you got? All right, I have one Andre Cisco, Francisco, um, elf reference. Um, he almost had one. He almost had one. I, I could, you could tell he was frustrated. Yeah. We had Aaron Beasley on primetime, and apparently he uh, Beasley called Cisco and mentioned to him afterwards <laughs> that, uh, you know, he should have had that one. Catch so. the ball. So I think he's going to be coming out with something to prove. I also think that we really saw against the Texans a little bit more of the safety blitz out of Cisco than we've seen throughout the course of this season. So I would expect to see more of that. I think that they're the it might call well in this defensive staff is gaining confidence 
and their defensive in their defensive line. The defensive line is gaining confidence in the coaching staff, and so that's going to free up uh, the second year safety a little bit more. And then my other impact player is Zay Jones because with Evan Ingram having torched the Titans last time out when these two teams faced, I do think that they will at the very least try to bracket him a little bit more. I'm not sure with their linebacking core if they'll be able to do that, and so it'll be uh, another wide receiver that's got to step up if Ingram isn't able to you know, go for 200-plus yards. Do you think there's too much pressure on Trevor Lawrence for this game? No, I really don't. And, like, I haven't spoken to Trevor since last, uh, whenever it was, Thursday. Um, But uh, I I think he's in such a good mental headspace. I think this whole team is. Mm -hmm. That's a credit to Doug. Um, If anything, this is the first time that Doug has really, like, put – pressure on one single game like when I asked him yesterday I was like hey you know like do you look back at the Texans game is there anything you draw upon at all you know like to possibly say like hey you know maybe we do this different maybe and he was like no we're really not gonna watch that game we're on to Tennessee mm-hmm. like we are very much yeah. just focused on this I honestly game. got chill bumps when it, when he said we're on to Tennessee it was like yeah. it, I I don't ever like comparing football to war like I, I don't think that those are the same at all right mm-hmm. but it did kind of feel like that time if you were watching a war movie it was like the like the flag has been planted and we're going in right mm-hmm. like either we're going to rescue some people or we're going to take over this country like it, it just felt like that moment to me and again it, it should never <laughs> compare it to battle but that it was like the not the rally the troops but the like this is our time like the goonies yeah. part this is yeah. our time right. our time well and i also think that and you mentioned it earlier trevor didn't have a great game last week. So I think there would be maybe a little more pressure if it was like Trevor Lawrence has to play outstanding and not make a single mistake and has to play great for us to win this game. But other pieces are starting to click so much now that I feel like it does take a little bit off of him. I don't know what Trevor's feeling, but from the outside, I just feel like, yeah, you you want Trevor to have another 25 for 30 game with 300 plus yards and three touchdowns that's great but this team has figured out other ways to win the game like they did last week um and we mentioned that Tennessee's very beat up right now so you can take advantage in those things so much I was so about much. to say if the Titans were any good at all there would be pressure <laughs> but they're yeah, just yeah. so bad they're well, the, easily the worst team in the NFL I do want to say this because the Titans injury report just came out I haven't seen one for the Jags who practiced in a very limited fashion today um I will say this, for the first time in seemingly ever, all season long, uh, only one did not practice on the Titans injury report, that being Devontae Harris, uh, which we'll get into the injury report coming up in just Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, But I I don't know. Like, I I do see that, and I'm like, well, I mean. That's because all the other guys are on the IR. Right, (laughs) all the other guys are true. All the other guys are on IR, or – they were rested against the Cowboys in preparation sure. for this game. And I would hope on essentially 16 days rest that they would be ready to rumble. Yeah. Yeah. That's another part that we didn't even mention is that Derrick Henry is also coming off of rest because he hasn't played. And that's the one piece you are scared of. So there, there's some guys that are probably coming in here like a lot healthier than they were two weeks ago. Um, but like JJ said, there's a lot of those that I are on the depth chart also. And, and the Jags are healthy. For that's the, the thing. For the most part, the Jaguars are healthy. I think one player we didn't mention who I think can make a great impact and, and certainly did in the win over the Texans is Travis Etienne. Mm-hmm. It seems like he has found his groove, if you want to use that cliche, or he's finally recognizing the right hole to hit and the burst is there. It, 
he still, though, needs to work on the ball security. Mm-hmm. And obviously that'll be an offseason thing. You're not going to try and tweak a whole lot during the season. Yeah. But if Travis Etienne kind of gets that down, man, is he a weapon. He's the weapon that we kind of dreamt of when he was first drafted, had to wait a year. And then I think this season there's been some ups and downs. But, oh, by the way, to have three rushing touchdowns, I don't have the stat in front of me. Me, I don't know if you saw it at any point in time. I don't know the last time the Jaguars had three rushing touchdowns from three, three different, different running, running backs. backs. Like, yeah, that was that's insane between Jamichael Hasty, Snoop, Snoop Connor, obviously. That was easily the most comfortable I've seen Snoop Connor too, and maybe it's For because sure. they were going against the JV team that is yeah. the Houston Texans. Um, which speaking but of the, the Texans have been playing super well. They took the Chiefs and the I Cowboys. I don't know, Taylor. You and then you, they beat the Titans. I I thought that team looked like a JV team. No, they didn't look. Good at all on yeah. Sunday, yeah, yeah. But going into True. Sunday's game, they just beat the again. The Titans aren't playing good football, yeah, but the they Titans took aren't the Chiefs and, to the wire, and yeah, and I think that's the one game that had the question mark. But even the Dallas game, like Dallas has been kind of going down recently too, and Dak's throwing multiple interceptions every single game. Love so I think they caught some of those teams like just at the right time yeah. to where they can make themselves look a little bit better. But also a lot of that is defensively. They have certain pieces on the defense that can make plays here and there. They've had multiple games with multiple interceptions. So it, it was just, I think, right place, right time for them just to make it look like it wasn't as bad. But they're they're not a very good football team. Yeah. No, certainly not. <laughs> and the combination between Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll once they got behind by twenty one nothing, they couldn't really even use Driscoll anymore. Mm-hmm. And they have a they have a massive quarterback issue. Yeah. Davis Mills is not the answer, but I think they're gonna be able to solve it with Bryce Young, mm-hmm. assuming that's who they assuming take. Assuming they take him. Because right. They for, could take CJ Stroud. Yeah, because for what it's worth, number one, CJ Stroud helped his cause on Saturday night. We'll get for into sure. that really coming great. up in the seven o'clock hour. But moreover, I was talking when I was back up in New York, since we haven't had a show since then. Uh, to my buddy Jake Asman, who works for ESPN Houston, but he's a diehard Jets fan and was home for the holiday, so I got to catch up with him before the game. And he said, Nick Casario, kind of in a bulky mold, if you don't meet certain measurables, tangible measurables, you're kind of off his board or off his radar at the very least. And while I don't think Bryce Young will be off their radar – I mean, yeah. we keep joking about I, – I think I've showed it to you guys, the photo of myself and uh, Bryce Young that Roger Hoover took at SEC Media mm-hmm. Days. I'm not saying that, like, You're you about know, the same height. But you, <laughs> you, you can look at it. I mean, we're not the same height, but he does look like he has a slender frame. Do I think he's the best quarterback in this class? Yeah. Undoubtedly. I do not want the Texans to draft him because if I'm a Jaguars fan, I don't want to deal with that guy for the next 10 to 12 years because he is a magician back there. And moreover, you have Laramie Tunsil, a franchise left tackle, who's going to protect him. And so, listen, I think the Texans would set themselves back even further if they don't take Bryce Young. I think he's the pick. Um, But – I don't think it's a guarantee, Lauren. But I think those are two good options, mm-hmm, honestly, yeah. between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I think both can be franchise quarterbacks uh, for these teams. But then you've got the Titans, who who knows what they're going to do at quarterback with Malik Willis not even getting the start this coming week or this past week. And then you've got the Colts, and my goodness, I we'll get into Kayvon Thibodeau here in a second, uh, or in the next segment, but... I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback either. And so, again, as a Jaguars fan, looking through the Jaguars' perspective, it is so nice to know you have your franchise quarterback. And that's why I asked if there's just too much pressure on To be on the on opposite him. end of that. To be, yeah, to <laughs> even like... be able to ask that question. Like, before when we asked that question about Blake Bortles, who was the franchise quarterback, yes, there was too much pressure on him because he wasn't necessarily a great mm-hmm. thrower of the football. With Trevor, though, I think he he really reflects Doug Peterson's personality, and that is – 
Doug always says, I never get too high, never get too low, or at mm. least that's what you want to maintain. It sure feels like Trevor never gets too high and, and never gets too low. And so certainly uh, Saturday night, I'm ready. I, can we <laughs> skip ready. ahead to Saturday? I know, it's just Tuesday. I'm glad it's a short week, though, because yeah. it would feel even I know, longer. Imagine, yeah, I know. Imagine if we had the full five days and we'd be like, we have to wait till Saturday or wait a, or at if least it, Sunday. Sun, what if it, right. we had a game on Sunday? Yeah, and I believe this is the first Jaguars primetime game ever on a Saturday. So oh, really? that's an even that's added bonus. Uh, and I know there are a few standing room tickets uh, left, so obviously head to the website, jaguars.com, if you don't have a ticket and you want to go. Oh, by the way, y'all are going to feel so uh, – I'm about to say you're going to feel so bad for my cousin, but you're probably going to disagree with my cousin. I'll, I'll lay out the story. So my cousin was able to get a free Jaguars ticket to go to the Titans-Jaguars game on Saturday night. Well, she thought it was Sunday, and her best friend's going away party is Saturday night. So when she found out it's Saturday night, she was like, oh, I can't go to the game. I have to go to my oh, best no. friend's going away party. So that's why I say you feel bad for her yeah. slash be like, no, I, I'll just see you. Sorry. Depends on where she's going. <laughs> she's, yeah. The friend is moving to another country. Oh. So, yeah. So it's Tell a big move. Friend to also come to the Jags game. <laughs> <laughs> the friend does not have a ticket and also is oh. having a party that cannot be moved. Oh. I went through all the scenarios. <laughs> I was like, but what if this? But what if that? But what if the party starts at like 10 a.m.? You know, all the things. Yeah. And it was basically the, the party can't be moved. Yeah. she's not missing the party. She's supposed to help with the party, yeah. and therefore she misses the game. I'll, I'll tell you that that's one thing, for example, that I do not miss about working in the service industry because I have multiple friends who had taken off Sunday because they figured it yep. would be a Sunday game, and it's hard to get people to cover your shift, especially if it's something like that. Absolutely. So I have friends scrambling right now. Like, I had Sunday off thinking it was going to be Sunday. Now I have to figure a way to get Saturday off and, like, maybe swap, like, find somebody who doesn't like football ball maybe like I don't know you have no idea Ugh. as the uh, as the purveyor of the flex schedule breaking news this weekend I swear the best part about this weekend was not just all the random friends and you know acquaintances texting me asking when is the game getting flexed it was all of the friends that work in the news media that were calling me being like well I have to work early Sunday morning like can they move it to this can they move it to Sunday night like why is it Saturday night I'm like honey you work in the news <laughs> You know how this goes. I don't know until I know. Yeah. Relax. Well, Taylor, if we change your mind about going to the game, I'm sure you can go to the party. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. Switch. Maybe she needs some people. You guys could, like, wear each other's clothes. Yeah. I'm like, I've got your back. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't watch the game. I'll watch it on my phone secretly, and you go to the Hi, stage. I'm Lauren's friend. <laughs> it would all work out. Hey, whatever it takes to get this victory on Saturday night. All right, we will go around the NFL, and Taylor's got an uh-oh or who cares when we come back. You are listening to Helmets and Heels, driven by Tyra Outlet on 1010XL and needs 2.5 FM. Stilettos and Sabermetrics. Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. Little Sultans of Swing. Again, excellent music on this Victory Tuesday, JJ. Although, I honestly don't even want to keep saying Victory Tuesday because we are all steam ahead. <laughs> on to Tennessee. Ahead, on to Tennessee. And it is going to be an absolute battle for the AFC South title. Hopefully, honestly, the Jaguars shut out the Titans. That is my my honest hope and goal, by the way, mm -hmm. because the Jaguars almost had the shutout against the Texans. Josh Allen told Hayes Carlin postgame that they wanted that shutout. So I am hoping for a shutout this Saturday night. So I asked Coach Campo this earlier because I, I was like, is this symptomatic of playing 
a Jets team with Zach Wilson and then a Texans team that is quarterbacked by the duo of Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills. Mm -hmm. The fact that they have limited their last two opponents to a field goal. Or is it that the Jaguars' defense is actually putting it together? And he, he said it's a little bit of both. Well, sure, yeah. yeah. You're, you certainly haven't been facing the likes of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Tom Brady even, mm-hmm. uh, who suddenly is, is made everything better. Well, yep. and they're still not this weekend. Yeah. Right, and they also <laughs> still, still like to wait. Like somebody tried telling right. me. Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Somebody tried telling me last, or, uh, last night, that, real quick on Brady, that, you know, Oh, yeah, yeah, they're back to being juggernauts. I'm like, you mean him and Byron Leftwich wait until, like, the final quarter, and all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. they're like, oh, we got to turn it on. Yeah. All right, here we go. That Tom was would, like, uh, oh, I was supposed to play four quarters. <laughs> I was only here for one of them. Our bad. so <laughs> nerve-wracking as a fan to to go through each of those games like that. All right, in just a little bit, we do now have the Jaguars injury report, so we will get to that. But first, Taylor has an uh-oh, or who cares? Okay, could someone please explain why people care about this? Uh-oh, Who cares? Let's do things that suck. We have a problem. Anybody care what this guy thinks? No! Uh-oh. I think we're in trouble. All right, so we are going to go back to Sunday as the Giants rolled over the Colts 38-10. to um, Giants made the playoffs also for the first time since 2016. So I guess good for them. If banana you're a Giants boat fan. years. Yeah, that, that was the banana boat. The curse of the banana boat. Um, but or the yacht or whatever they call because banana boat was LeBron, but it was a yacht, wasn't it? It, what, was, it yeah. was. Yeah, it was like the picture with Odell and all the guys, and they were on the boat like celebrating, and that was like the last time they made the playoffs, and like they sucked ever since then. So he was everyone also thought wearing it was like Timberlands. Yeah, on the, show. On the <laughs> it was like no shirt with jeans and Timberlands. I think on a yacht. I don't Which know. Which if you've ever just, watched. Below deck, you don't wear those types of shoes. <laughs> no. I don't wear any shoes. <laughs> that is correct. Well, interesting. Um, anyway, so the Colts were led by uh, former Jaguar Nick Foles, and Nick Foles and former the- Bear too. <laughs> don't don't just make him a Jaguar. He, was, he actually doll. played more for the Bears, I correct. think, than the Jags because he got killed here. But um, speaking of him getting killed, yeah. So he got hit pretty hard. Went down. It didn't look good for a minute. I mean, he was like convulsing in pain. It looked like, and as he's down on the ground. Kayvon Thibodeau, in a celebration of this, uh, kind of laid down beside him and made started making like a snow angel in the right, laying by him. I mean, touching him, literally hitting him as Nick Foles is in pain beside him. For like him, 30, 30 seconds. And not stopping. So in addition to that, he's doing this and not one teammate, like not one of his teammates came over and was like, okay, get up. Because in my head at first, I was like, maybe he doesn't realize like he's hurting or he's in pain. But at some point, I feel like that had to have clicked. And if it didn't click for him, some teammate should have came over, in my opinion, and said, hey, uh, a this player. isn't good. Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. Oh, my like, God. Come no on. respect for your own quarterback. Yeah. Like, the lineman should have went up to him. And-, and so in addition to that, he also, after knowingly, that knowing that Nick Foles was in pain, goes over and does the little like sleeper mood, like hands together, like you're falling asleep. Rude. I the, it absolutely amazes me that someone and we we can talk about all day about how you see things on Twitter when certain things happen when a player's injured and someone tweets something kind of disrespectful or just not courteous of the injury or whatever it may be and people get onto those fans very quickly or to media if they tweet something like Skip Bayless some people think you know he tweeted that a little too soon and got onto Skip Bayless but at one point at what point like do we start calling the players out who are laying on the ground pretty much mocking a injured player 
Yeah, I and also it, not fined, and we're trying to lock down on taunting, but that's not taunting. Yeah, that was 100% taunting, and he should be fined. Yeah. You should never, ever, ever celebrate while another player's hurt. No. And if he didn't realize it at first, well, then one of his teammates need to come over and say, get your butt up. Nick Foles is now crushed. His ribs are crushed. Mm-hmm. He's obviously already been ruled out for this coming week. I thought it was – I agreed with Jeff Saturday as far as it was a classless move mm-hmm. by Thibodeau. And definitely, if you're a Colts player and your quarterback's acting like he has been seriously hurt and you don't go over and and push Thibodeau, like I would have started probably a fight because yeah. I would have jumped on Thibodeau and been like, you are right. complete yeah. and total. Like, I, I'm not going to use the word trash because I hate that Cuckoo. word. But you are so disrespectful right now and rude. And look, it is one of those things that that should never again happen in the NFL. Yeah. Imagine like if Nick Foles had had something happen to him like DeMar Hamlin had had. I mean, then how bad would Kayvon Thibodeau feel? Right, and moreover, then Kayvon Thibodeau went over to the sideline and made the sleeping Mm -hmm. motion to the joy of Giants fans. Yeah. And that's what blows my mind is because we've seen, I've seen situations where a taunting was called from a player for literally just looking at a sideline. Or like dropping the ball in front of a player. Yeah, right. Like kind of like handing, but like drop in front of them, that kind of moment, and you get taunting, but that doesn't get a taunting penalty there's just so much to me and this year it shined in certain moments and I I I think a month ago or so my uh uh-oh was about the the refs and just bad calls and everything but there's just such an inconsistency problem in the NFL and it goes from everything it goes from you constantly say you want to protect these quarterbacks and you're all about safety and all of these different sorts of things, but clearly that's not the case because certain situations are getting ignored. And we could go back to Tua. Tua's had three or four concussions this year. Two of them he's played the entire game through, and he had to go tell you he has a concussion. And it's just too scary to mess with these certain situations and to have such a lack of inconsistency with the NFL. Right. And then not address it afterwards. It's a gladiator sport, and and that's the unfortunate part, is if you normalize one aspect of it, like where do you draw the line? Yeah. What is the threshold? I think that's the issue right now. Yeah, I think it's one thing, like Tyson Campbell's touchdown celebration, I thought was glorious on yeah. Sunday because he's not mocking any particular no. player. No, he was, he's just he was celebrating. Mocking, he was mocking a, a Texan cowboy. So I do wonder if. Very intensely. If, <laughs> yes, very. I was like, he just used a lot of energy on that play. He better have more energy to play. Uh, if, let's say, Tyson Campbell got a pick six on Saturday night, would the touchdown celebration be different? I don't know. Eating, I'll ask him tomorrow. Uh, yeah, like eating, eating, a, eating a jar of mayo. Like, is that what we're gonna do? That's, that's what I go wonder. on. That's a go on. Yeah, I wonder was that Texan specific or is that just his touchdown his celebration? I don't mind touchdown celebrations. I, it doesn't bother me. I think there's certain moments in that I get that they don't want when a player walks up to another player and like claps in his face. Like that start. That's going to start like violent interaction usually. But a player doing the giddy up or whatever in the end zone shouldn't offend anybody that badly. <laughs> Even the one that you just said, like, I I love celebrations, I love taunting, but that (laughs) one on Sunday was so bad. Like, it It was was classic. And they, you know, he had rib damage or whatever, but honestly, he couldn't tell that. It looked like he had a serious concussion. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it looked like his hands were clawing up, like we saw from a player earlier this year. I forget who. Tua. That was Tua. Yeah. It It looked just like that for a second. It's like. I'm all for being a, a poor sport. Trust me, I'm a Hurricane <laughs> fan. I love that. But 
But that one was like, even I was appalled by that. By the way, at what point does Nick Foles hang it up? Oh, I don't no. like. I know that you're making a lot of money. I get it. But you've made so much money. At yeah. what point do you say this sport is no longer for I me? I mean, he made $42 million between the Jags and the Bears, and he played like four total games. <laughs> But let's pivot to this part of it. And again, like, I, I hope Nick Foles is okay. I hope he's healthy. Like, I hope, you know, yeah. he's on the mend, everything, you know, that comes with that. What does it say that no one did step to his aid? Honestly. that, that It says the Colts are a mess. Oh, because yeah. even if you don't like that guy, like, you stick up for your quarterback. But that, yeah. that Remember, organization is a train wreck. Remember now, when if, the Colts won the first game with Jeff Saturday and everyone was like, oh, maybe Jeff Saturday is it. Yeah. <laughs> like, They've it lost like a permanent coach. <laughs> Allegedly, Jim Irsay is going to interview him to be yeah. the permanent coach. I believe it. If you're, Thank you, Jimmy. If you're a front office member or a coach in the Giants organization, do you pull Kayvon Thibodeau aside and say, Got to. You have yeah, to. we need to have yeah. a conversation. Not you cool. were a complete and total jerk out there. Yeah. That's a bad look for us. And oh, by the way, the next time someone gets a clean shot at you, what do you think they're going to do? Yeah. An offensive lineman, not a Colts offensive lineman, but yeah. any other offensive lineman, is going to take a shot at you. They're, they might go low because they cannot just stand a player yeah. like that. And, and he's a great player that yeah, you don't want to lose. He's been arguably the best defensive player at rookie this year. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, a guy is going to go after you, and then you don't have him for the playoffs. And I do think Brian Dable, I would like to think, if he really is this coach of the year and right. this throwback authoritarian coach, he is I, addressing it. I would think he addressed it. Oh, yeah. I would hope. Yeah. And after what happened last night, right? you don't even need to say anything. Just like that, that could potentially happen to a guy yep. that you consider your brother or whatever, you know, fellow NFLer. So don't do a snow angel when one of them, you know, looks like he might not get back up. And yeah. y'all know how I am with grammar and spelling. What annoyed me was the first tweet I saw of this happening. The person tweeted out snow angles instead of oh, snow yes. angels. I, I did that. see that. I, I was like, this, fix <laughs> uh, the tweet. It's almost as bad as loser. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. on Twitter do not know that loser only has one of. Yeah, loser constantly. They say really oh, all it's the time. So oh, I bad. must not follow those people. <laughs> but I definitely saw they this. They follow one. you. <laughs> he they was won't. doing a snow angle. Yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> he should get a penalty fixed. also yes, for that. You should. Yes, a flag has been thrown on you, a hundred percent. By the way, since we're talking about quarterbacks, uh, and Nick Foles was a backup quarterback uh, option for the Colts. 64 quarterbacks have now started at least one game this season. That's the most ever in a non-strike campaign. Insane. It's really wild. It's awful. I, and I'm a lot of those are injury. Yeah, a that's lot of why them I don't want out. Trevor to play at all last <laughs> right. week. Yeah. Well, how did you feel when Trevor was blocking for that one I play? Was, did I you? was appalled by that. <laughs> he was the lead blocker. Lead blocker. Time to sign a toll back. For Jamal uh, Agnew. Like, so we are taking him out at halftime. <laughs> but before well, that, you just used him as a, a lead A block. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why. That was not my favorite play I either. actually think that Trevor's. Um, not great play on Sunday was partly due to the fact that he was probably told, hey, let's go out there, beat their ass real fast, right. and then I'll take you out of the game. Right. So he knew, like, I'm just trying not to get hurt. I'm just, yeah. you know, doing all I can to not get hurt, and that's got to mess with your head. Well, how also, about, like, I don't want to completely blow them out because I want to play football, so <laughs> I'll just go up 21-0. <laughs> well, how about, the, some bad how about the fact that, so after he threw the pick, I, I remember I was like, okay, well, he's going to come back in for, for at sure. least one series now. And then he handed the ball off three times. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, what's the problem? Why are you in there? Build his confidence back up. Yeah. Well, we got to build C.J. Beathard's confidence up. There you up, go, CJ. Except he threw a pick. <laughs>
Like, that was well, a, that was a great read by Petrie. Yeah, I mean that was a and heck he made of an up earlier in the game. He was the one who missed on that ETN run, yep. mm-hmm. and so I was like, "Ooh, I thought Petrie was good, but that wasn't very good." And then yeah. he had missed yeah. the tackle. He's and a then good later, player. No, he is. He He's is a really not gonna lie. When Bether came in, I pulled my book out. <laughs> <laughs> Turned off the TV, pulled my book out, and I was still listening because I have to still do stuff for the radio, but it's... Are you still reading that really long history book? I finished it. Oh, good job! Can we have a round of applause for JJ? Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so proud of you. I feel like he's been reading that book as long as I've known it. There's three of them. So you probably saw me reading all three. Yes. Oh, okay. And I will say really quick, just as we were talking about, like, taking Trevor out at a certain point, because... the Bears were in that same like we were. The Justin Fields played almost the entire game, and the kid they hit the 55th sack. He got sacked for the oh 55th time this wow. season. We were not playing for anything at this point. Like we're just playing for the top, the top two picks. So put Nate Peterman in. Let's yeah. just like get this out. Let's, and like, he was, let's get him crushed. Like, honestly, yeah, on the red zone, every time I look over, Justin Fields is going Getting in the hit. tent. Yeah, like I mean, honestly, the you tent came out twice. Oh my goodness! The tent didn't come constantly. out at all for any Jaguar or te- or I guess <laughs> the Texans did have yeah or oh, Texan. No, I think did they have definitely one? no Jaguar player. They might have the had one guy team. go in the tent. I have watched so much football. I, I mean, like everyone else, this but between college crazy. football and the I NFL, I don't remember who goes in the tent and who doesn't, unless <laughs> it's one of my players. Speaking of injuries, when we come back, we will get it to a Jaguars injury report. I also want to get it to Derek Carr in that situation. You are listening to Helmets and Heels, driven by Tyrell at on Tenton XL ninety two point five FM. Stilettos and Sabermetrics. Helmets and Heels, driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. All right, we've referenced the Titans and Jaguars injury report several times throughout the season, or throughout the show today, not throughout the season. That too. But throughout the show tonight. So now let's get it to the official injury report with me, O'Brien. The personal injury attorneys of Farah and Farah present this injury update. Farah and Farah. Jacksonville. Protecting you and your family since 1979. The Jaguars practice in a limited capacity on this fine Tuesday in Duval County. Three did not practice as listed on today's injury report. That includes Trevor Lawrence with the toe. TBT to when Doug said that Trevor would be practicing <laughs> when he first <laughs> suffered the injury. Uh, this is now, what, the fifth straight week? That he has missed the first day of practice of the week with the toe injury. Hey, certain superstitions <laughs> should continue. I'm cool with it. Uh, Ross Matisic and Brandon Scherf also both did not practice. Uh, limited capacity, four of the Jaguars practicing in that fashion. Andrew Winger, Trayvon Walker, Foley Fadukasi, and Rayshon Jenkins. Doug Peterson saying after the game that they came out of that Texans game with no players, as we mentioned, having gone into the blue medical tent, but they did have some bumps and bruises. So I would assume Rayshon Jenkins, one of those bumps and bruises. I would assume so as well. Let's look over at the t- Titans injury report. As earlier, as mentioned earlier in the program, only one did not practice, that being corner Devontae Harris with a hamstring injury. Aside from that, I mean, they, they've got four, five guys, limited participants today. That includes... Dylan Cole, he who was stiff-armed into the surface of the sun by one Trevor Lawrence. Christian Fulton, who is working his way back from that groin injury that's kept him out the last few weeks. And Imani Hooker, Iowa Hawkeye alert, um, the star safety for the Tennessee Titans, who has also missed time with a knee injury. It also includes Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, their tackle, and Terrell Basham, the outside linebacker. And obviously all five of those guys are pivotal pieces to Mm -hmm. the Titans' offense and defense. And then, oh, and Jeffrey Simmons as well, also a limited participant with an ankle injury. Danico Autry, a full participant today, 
He's been out with that biceps injury. And then Derrick Henry and former Jaguar alert Josh Thompson, also both full participants after missing last Thursday's game against the Dallas Cowboys. This has been the Fair and Farrah injury update. Good did, job. Did you guys see the graphic that – I don't know if it was – I don't remember what channel, but it was Taylor Lewan. And yes, the I like the wheelchair. Was like, and Taylor Lewan tweeted, tweeted it. He was like, "What the heck? What is this? <laughs> Who made this?" <laughs> All right, I want to get it to the Derek Carr situation. Also, uh, the Jets are out. Uh, we have not talked about that yet. All right, so Derek Carr. Most people know. I think the story. Who listened to this show? I was in Denver visiting my cousin uh, over in in the spring in May, and of course by that point in time the Raiders had acquired Devontae Adams in free agency and, and Derek Carr everyone had high expectations of them reuniting mm-hmm. from Fresno State and all that fun stuff and there were football fans in the bar where we were this great bar by the way they have Denver has so many good indoor outdoor spaces even though it can get super cold and snowing uh, but that's neither here nor there so we were at this great place and ended up like chatting with the group of guys that was there, bachelor party, what have you. And one of them was like, yeah, I'm a Raiders fan. And I was like, oh, I feel bad for you. And he's like, you're a Jaguars fan. Why do you feel bad for me? And I said, because Derek Carr is terrible, like absolutely terrible. And then, of course, he disagreed with me. For like about 10 minutes, we went back and forth and and yada, yada, yada. So fast forward to now, uh, Derek Carr was benched for Jared Siddham, who played pretty well, I thought. Uh, And then the news came out that Derek Carr would be stepping away from the team so that he would not be a distraction. Now, this is a guy (laughs) who makes a lot of money to play for this team, and I understand that they don't want him to get hurt because then they have to pay him, and he's basically done with the Raiders. The Raiders are done with him. Mm -hmm. But, Taylor, I found it, and and you certainly started to tweet me the story when you first saw it as far as him being benched. I found it very odd that he Mm -hmm. would be stepping away instead of serving as a good, solid backup to Jared Siddham. Yeah, I, I think that the whole situation is a little crazy anyways, and when you look back, like, we laugh about it because it's kind of funny that you told this guy that and I, I think I tweeted you I was like this guy in Denver is so mad at Lauren right now because he hates me wherever like, he is because he wasn't from Denver the wherever fact, he is he hates me and the fact that the Jags could potentially be heading to the playoffs he's probably like what did she do while she was here <laughs> is she some sort of a witch yeah I need to go back and find her but it is it's to me it's just it shows to me that you do not look like a te- a good teammate at, at whatsoever in this moment. And I get there's probably some other things going on behind the scenes and things that are said that we won't know about or don't know about. I, I get frustrations. I get you obviously probably being not too happy that you're benched because nobody wants to be benched. Uh, but you also just got paid and you weren't winning football games. They gave you one of the best weapons in the offseason to potentially have and that you've played with before and you weren't doing enough to win football games. And now they're to the point where they're like, all right, we have to find a shift in something, like some sort of momentum. Not that it means anything now, but for the team because the team wants to win games and you're not doing that. I and mean, Mia, yeah, sorry, ahead. real quick. Eli Manning was a two-time Super Bowl winner, had a long streak of starting games. Lou Gehrig. Of the NFL. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Iron the Man, Giants, Al Ripken. Yeah, and the Giants benched Eli Manning. And you know what he didn't do? He didn't run away from the team. He served as the backup. Mm-hmm. Part of that is he had handpicked Daniel Jones as his successor. But, but I agree. Still. But I agree. Yes, I concur. Um, I think for the Raiders, this move had to be made, obviously, because they've essentially been eliminated. But moreover, they have to try out and see what they have in Jared Stidham, who mm-hmm. obviously Josh McDaniels has familiarity with from their time in New England together. Because you have to see what you have – before you either, A, draft a quarterback with a premium pick in this April's NFL draft, or you get in on the Tom Brady sweepstakes, the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, Lamar Jackson, the list goes on. 
What's going to be so fascinating about this is, do the Raiders have a plan? Mm-hmm. Has By the Tom- way, Brock Purdy sweepstakes hey, potentially listen, too. Yeah, let, lest we forget, <laughs> lest we forget. Although those New York Jet fans, they think they're above Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo. I've oh, got a, I've got a story wow. for you there. Oh, wait till you hear that one. Um, so, so I think now the biggest question for me is, did Derek Carr literally just take his ball and go home, or did they literally say to him? look, we're going in a different direction next year, so we're going to pack it up now. And mm-hmm. we already have assurance from Tom Brady that he's coming to Las Vegas, and if we don't get him, we're going to trade up to get Will Levis. I don't know. Something crazy like that. Like, uh, that's the – I don't see a world in which a guy who, let's be real, one year ago, mm-hmm. that organization went through hell. Yeah. Literal hell. And he was able to guide them through that, obviously with the help of then-interim head coach Rich Basaccia. But, like – a leader, a guy who's a leader like that doesn't just pick up his ball and leave unless the team said, we've already made plans. Like, it, it's over. Yeah. But you still don't leave the team until the season's over. Uh, they, they apparently claimed he would be a distraction. Yeah. I, Which is me, weird. I'd be like, I still want to be there for my teammates. Yeah. Like, and Devontae Adams obviously was, I think, voicing Defending. his frustration without yeah. specifically saying that, but then after the game was very happy with, Stidham's performance Mm and it's just it is a very strange situation and and I don't ever want to comment when you're not that close to it like if there's mental health stuff going on Mm -hmm. I have no idea or yeah if the team told Derek Carr go away I I don't know (laughs) it just seems like from everything I read it seemed like Carr was the one who made the decision to step away and then therefore not support his teammates so interesting all right oh sorry no go ahead if it is the opposite look then how does how bad does that look on Josh McDaniels to tell a teammate to just leave like it's one thing to bench him if they're not you know you've got to figure things out you want to see Stidham Stidham's your guy you brought Stidham with you pretty much and so there's a lot of things that maybe factor into that decision but if you are if you were a coach to tell your teammate to just okay you've got to go like (laughs) this is not nor it's certainly not normal because again that quarterback room those guys are tight yeah they help each other watch film and diagnose defenses and all that fun stuff. I mean, I have to hear this New York story. All right, so there I am following a Jaguars victory at MetLife Stadium, driving back down the Jersey Turnpike and the Parkway. Sounds at a, lovely. At a lovely <laughs> 1.45 a.m. on Friday, December 23rd. And so because, just like I did when the Jaguars earned the right to draft Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. and I was home in New Jersey and got to dance on the graves of Jets fans by listening to WFAN, I said, let me do it again. And so I tune on in, uh, and let me tell you, ladies, if I'm the Jets, take out the Zach Wilson jokes. They have a pretty good nucleus when it comes to having Quinn and Williams, Sauce Gardner. quarterback Correct. Okay. Yeah. Two guys who are going to be all pros this year. You have Garrett Wilson, who is probably going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. You have some other great pieces. Your offensive line, once healthy, once you get Elijah Vera Tucker and company back, once you get Brees Hall back, that's a pretty good young nucleus. They have a right to say they are a quarterback away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, with that said, knowing you have all those pieces, would you like an elite quarterback to take you over the top? Obviously, everyone does. That's why they should have kept losing and they could have gotten Trevor. Um, but Thank you for too late taking I, Correct. <laughs> I do think that a guy like a Derek Carr or a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Brock Purdy, a game manager – in a system that they are familiar with because it's a Shanahan offense, Mm -hmm. it could work. When I turned on WFAN and the subject of who will be the quarterback next year was was approached, oh, my goodness. First of all, every caller, every fan that was calling in at the ungodly hour of 2 a.m. on a Friday, Thursday night, Friday morning, was calling for Aaron Rodgers, (laughs) 
Lamar Jackson. Well, you know he's not going to sign in Baltimore. Yes, honey, they can franchise tag him, though. Like, they will force him to stay there. Or Tom Brady. And if they can't get those three, well, we'll just re-sign Mike White. And then when the host on WFAM brought up the thought of, well, what about Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, heck, Gardner Minshew, and then you draft another quarterback, and maybe if you really, Joe Douglas wants to let Zach Wilson give time, have time to develop, you know, go that route. No, 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 we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't. I think every single caller, I listened to eight different callers, and none of them oh thought that that would be a viable avenue. First of all, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to play for another team. I, I think, with him specifically, I think he is a Packer for life, and then he retires. Mm-hmm. That's what I think happens with Especially him. Especially if they go on a run. Right. Here. Tom Brady, yeah. Uh, my, yeah. Sorry, Taylor. My gut is that he's going to end up somewhere else, but it's not going to be anywhere like the Jets. Correct. I don't. I think he's done in the Northeast and all that stuff. And... As far yeah. as re-signing Mike White, I mean, good luck with that, I guess. This was obviously before the Seahawks debacle. Oh, to Mike White's credit, I mean, he, he let's be real, his ribs are still broken. He's like, a I know. backup, though. Right. But and he's also that. A good, yeah, he's a good backup for yeah. sure. But I mean, he's better than the three options they have right now, honestly. And he's such a game manager type of guy that if you are, it, it's not a long-term answer, but it could potentially be an answer of like, hey, we are giving you all of these pieces. We have an all-right offensive line and a great defense. I think they could actually do decent because they were already winning games. The problem is Zach Wilson ran his mouth a little bit, got benched, and things got went haywire because they didn't have a valuable option, a, option after that. But I, I, it's crazy to me that they would immediately shoot those down that quickly. Right. Now, if it was me and I was a Jets fan, I obviously would shoot down the Derek Carr uh, yeah, yeah. thing because I, I don't think he's very good. No offense to him or people who love him. Uh, but I, yeah, I just don't. That think would he's be a pretty good spot for him. Uh, I for mean, both right. parties involved, I mm-hmm. feel like it would be a good spot. For I know him you hate him, sure. but he's pretty I don't decent. Hate, I don't hate him. Well, I just whatever. don't think he's a good quarterback. So that's all. Let's circle back then. Like I don't think Gardner Minshew's a good quarterback. Again, no offense to him. He's Where, way better than Gardner Minshew. Yes. Who Derek okay. Yeah. He, has, yeah, yeah. he can throw for a ton of yards, but that's about what he, <laughs> oh, all he's that's good what a for. Where is Devontae Adams playing in 2023? That's the that's what's wild to me the the uproar of Twitter where Devonte was going to go. I've just I saw every single team name at some point of like <laughs> oh well here 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 and I'm like I don't I truly don't know. I mean what, is he going to go? Somebody uh, would have to trade for a huge a, contract. A massive yeah. Or I mean here's my thing and like to my earlier point about how, do the Raiders have a plan? Mm-hmm. I would think if they went to Devonte and they hey, said Brady's coming. Correct. Yeah. Thank you, JJ. He wouldn't have said what he did on Instagram. Like, I get Derek Carr's his guy, and he's got to put on that front. He would not have been as visibly angry in the locker room Mm -hmm. in those interviews that were floating around the internet. Yeah. That that if they had said to him, "We're getting Tom. It's okay." And that makes way more sense than Tom going back to the Northeast. Correct. Like you think he was going to go party in Tampa? Delusional. He was going to go to New Jersey. No. By the way, I'm not trying to be mean to Derek Carr or to JJ, but eight times this season out of <laughs> I'm not a Derek Carr. Uh, no, I know. <laughs> I know. Eight times out of the 15 games he played in, he had less than a 60 percent completion. Yeah, like, he was terrible this year, but yeah. last year he was good. Year before, Which, you know, he's been good the last five years. I would say. I Which it's wild been... to think about. You add a Devonte Adams and you get worse. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, I that's don't how you know you're not a good. They quarterback. lost like 
how many 17-point leads this year? Yeah, you know, it's like, been a, lot of a ton of one-possession games. Unlike the Jaguars, who learned to win those one-possession games. Oh, it's good to be us. Never did. <laughs> I know. It's good to be us. Uh, by the way, so Tom Brady, Mike Tomlin, and Aaron Rodgers all might make it into the playoffs. Uh, you would think that— What uh, else is new? I know. You would think that of the three of them— which one do you think has the most likely chance to get in the playoffs? The Packers take on the Lions. Who might get- not be playing for anything, by the way, by the time they kick off. So if they end up being, and that's the other byproduct to give you guys a uh, take oh, The Bucs are at the Falcons. So right. the Bucs are most likely going to win. Right. The Bucs, well, the Bucs have already clinched. They're in. So they're, they're, they're in bygone. They're already done. Um, but no, the other byproduct of not having last night's game actually go down and be played is, according to my sources, um, there was a chance that, Bengals Ravens would be flexed to Sunday night as opposed to Packers Lions. What now we could be looking at is Seattle is going to play earlier in the day on Sunday. They could already win and essentially clinch the opportunity to play in the playoffs over the Detroit Lions. And so then what are the Lions playing for? That's why you got to have those games kick off at the same time. And that's why yeah. that I mean, is but a, the Lions yeah. And Packer, that decides the, who gets that other spot. No, the or, Lions so have that, to win and then they also have to have that happen. Yeah, they have to have Seattle lose. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because they lost to the Panthers in a meaningless and yeah. well, not a meaningless game. I guess the Panthers were technically still in the NFC yeah. South race. And the Seahawks oh, are most weird, likely they're win both because they've got the Rams. Them and Packers are eight Correct. and eight. Yeah. yeah. It it can get complicated. The Packers are winning in. Yeah, yeah, if the Packers, the Packers are, lose, they're out. Right, right. yeah. And then the but Lions, the Lions I forgot the don't necessarily in. get in the if Lions they just But the Lions are win. technically second in the NFC North. They're eight and eight, but Lions have the tiebreaker over the Packers. Yeah, but you don't get in as a second but place. But she was saying, so if whoever, if Seattle wins or something, Lions don't have a chance, then that would mean Packers don't either because Packers are below yeah, Lions right now. If the Packers right win, they're in. But then it should be the Lions too. No. <laughs> because the teams, you're talking about a tiebreaker between those two them teams, too. not the tiebreaker between I'm them pulling and up Seattle. The scenari- I'm pulling up the scenarios. Totally scenario. different. Here, here are your scenarios. But if Packers win, they'd be 9-8. and eight. If Lions win, they'd be 9. So if Packers lo- went, beat the Lions. They're in. They're in. But if the yeah. Lions win, they also have to have Seattle lose. Correct. Thank gotcha. you. Yes, yes. That is yeah. like the Lions could win and still not be in. And even then, so the Seahawks clinch with they have to beat the Rams, mm-hmm. and then a Packers loss or tie versus the Lions, or a tie versus the Rams and the Lions Packers tie and the Commanders loss. Which that's all that. I hate that they put yeah. the ties in there. It's not going to happen. Although that would be crazy. So I guess in theory, that's all the Jaguars need. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. In, what happens if the Jags tie the Titans? Then the right. Jaguars are in. Okay. Yeah. Because of yeah. the yeah. original head to head. Yeah. I I will say I studied uh, super hard throughout all of my school, Catholic school, and then college and all that stuff. Playoff scenarios go com- make my brain completely yes. scrambled. They, they, they so I just wait much. until after the week eighteen, and then I look at who's in. Yeah, <laughs> let's look at who's in but, instead of me trying to figure out what's going to happen. <laughs> and that started because you asked if we saw Tom, who go going to the playoffs. I forgot Rogers. Tom Brady was already in, but and, oh. Rogers and Tomlin. Look, the Steelers have the Browns. The Browns aren't very good, so the Steelers will probably be in. Mike Tomlin never going to be under uh, five hundred. It's That's absolutely wild. incredible to me. And then, of course, uh, yeah, the Rod- Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, I think they'll beat the Lions because the Lions haven't been as hot as they once were, but uh, but we They've shall see. They've been playing see. very well lately, actually. Like, they've been way better in the last probably five, six weeks because the defense started playing a little better. But the the thing with that matchup is it's going to be interesting is because Rodgers is not playing. Like, Packers' offense does not look good <clears throat> right now whatsoever. 
And so their strong point is their defense, and the Lions' strong point is their offense. So it's who's going to give in that one. And that'll be fun to watch. Obviously, we all know who Taylor will be cheering against, and that would be A.A. Ron. Which, by the way, have you seen the commercial where they start calling Aaron Donald A.A. Ron? Oh, no. I was like, oh, we might be phasing. We're passing it out. Let's go. The torch has been passed. Hey, I'm all all here for it. All right. We've got uh, Gator basketball tickets to give away when we come back, as well as some college football and college basketball to get it to. One segment to go here on Helmets and Heels, driven by Talit on 10 to next on 82.5 FM. These heels are made for talking. Helmets and heels. Driven by Tire Outlet. Brought to you by Underwood Jewelers. On 1010XL. I have been loving every song tonight. This would be a little Eddie Money, by the way. Two tickets to paradise. JJ has not been telling me the songs ahead of time. I know. I just uh, have been vibing with him tonight. Unfortunately, this is like... It, in radio, you're really supposed to just play like the instrumental version, so I sort of do oh, it. Oh, really? Which sucks. Yeah. Like, oh, the I never bed. knew that. We never do. Uh, yeah. Do that on our show. Uh, so, like, this unfortunately doesn't actually have any money. But yeah. well, I can sing right along. Uh, <laughs> Go a fun for it. Lauren's got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not really. Uh, Taylor's the one with the good voice. Uh, but I. Fun fact about me: I have seen Eddie Money in concert twice. Oh. Not once, but twice. Once at the Super Bowl when we had the Super Bowl in Jacksonville mm-hmm. and also once at Freebird when Freebird was still around I miss Freebird so I much uh, he only had one dance move and that was <laughs> he'd like cross his legs and then spin and then he'd be like like you want to see it again but it wouldn't actually say and that people would be like kinda, yes people would cheer so then he'd do it again and he'd be like okay you got anything else? no okay just maybe keep singing, back Eddie. in the day he did yeah right. but I'm assuming he was in his 60s at this point. uh probably yeah and so part of the lyrics of two tickets to paradise is I've got a special surprise for you right and then he would do that move uh-huh. and I'd be like it's really not that special or a surprise but I love it Eddie money uh and so he passed away a few years ago I was sad that I didn't get to see him for a third time because a hat trick with Eddie money I mean uh <laughs> Uh, yeah. Bucket list material. I mean, seriously, y'all have probably never seen Eddie Money. Definitely live. not. <laughs> uh, Eddie Money's real name. <laughs> okay. Edward Mahoney. Oh, very really? close. He was what like is the, that? He was like the original Mahoney. That? I am. Oh, okay. that. I'm wondering if it's my. I'm wondering <laughs> if it's my. If my headphones or what? It's every time I move the microphone. <laughs> I just yelled at That's us. That's why I'm. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> Someone stop doing that. Stop. I'm not trying to. Uh, it's I, fixed, I think. I think it is fixed. That's good news. All right, we've got a pair of tickets to go see Florida take on its former coach in Mike White and Georgia this Saturday at 1230, tipping off, uh, like I said, Saturday at 1230. If you can go be caller number four right now, 641-1010, you will win the pair of tickets to go see the Gators take on the Bulldogs, and hopefully uh, Florida gets the best of this one this time around. All right, a quick college football rundown. Best semifinals we've ever seen. Some of the best football uh, we've seen in a while as well. Yes, undoubtedly. Um, as someone who is a proponent of expanding the playoff, albeit probably not to 12 teams, very excited that we had competitive semifinal games because Finally. That's, that's been the knock. The knock has been, why are we expanding the playoff if we're going to get more non-competitive games? Well, number one, people, it's football. People will watch it. If you mm-hmm. put it on TV, they will come. And if it's meaningful, it's not, no offense to the bowl games that aren't meaningful, but Correct. you add more meaningful yeah. games, people 100% will watch. And presumably, and I understand, you know, this is going to be debated for years to come, um, you would think the players will play and they won't opt out if it's mm-hmm. a meaningful game. And you'll always have players who do, and that's okay. But I would think more players will play if there is more 
on the line. Um, I, I mean, part of it, too, is a lot of people at the 11th hour, I know Tim Brando on uh, Into the Night with Rick Ballou, they all of a sudden were jumping ship and saying, yeah, the underdogs are both going to win. And for a while there, it looked like we would have both underdogs, yeah. the mm-hmm. three and the four seed, in the championship game. Brando had been shouting TCU almost all season. And, like, I would hear Rick kind of go back, like, I just don't agree with you on that. And he'd be like, I'm telling you, they're good. And he would go through all of his numbers and everything. He's good at what he does. And Rick would be like, I mean, I see, I get it, but I I don't know. I just don't see them, you know. At first it was, like, getting into that top four. And then Brando was still adamant about TCU winning that game. So that's one thing he never shifted on it. So I was pumped that the game ended up, like, ended up being that type of game. Well, and – Ohio State beating Georgia wouldn't really have surprised me. Yes, Ohio State faltered against Michigan, but overall, Ohio State has a really good team. Mm-hmm. And the recruiting between Ohio State, Michigan, and Georgia, obviously Alabama to Clemson, those types of teams, they have elite recruiting. So that's where I thought, well, TCU is not going to be able to hang with Michigan because the amount of four and five stars, it's, it's going to be too much of a discrepancy. Well, I certainly was proved wrong. Sonny Dyke seems like a fantastic guy, great coach. And again, it wouldn't have surprised me if Ohio State had upset Mich- I mean, had upset Georgia, based off the fact that Georgia has had to play knowing they're the team to beat, mm-hmm. and that everyone's coming for them with all they have all year, all year long. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State had that extra rest. Now, granted, all the teams have rest, and we can talk about the fact that it does feel like college football goes too long between the championship games and the semifinals. Because I will say, people talked t- talked nothing about the the college football semifinals, it felt like for a month. Yeah. Until right when it was about to happen, it was all about the NFL. Right. Because they take so long in between those. And part of that is obviously is the strategy of bowl practicing and getting those extra practices for a young team that's historically just been the nature of college football before the college football playoff. And so but Florida had bowl game December 17th. Uh, right. You exactly. can play a Marlins. That's very true. That is very true. It. But hey, with an expanded playoff, you will see those semifinal and quarterfinal yeah. games earlier than what we currently Thank are. Goodness, yeah. The the line, the way that the off se- not the off season, that middle gap between happens in college football is kind of weird because even like early signing day doesn't feel like it is where it should be to me because I feel like a lot of guys <clears throat> will start saying, you know, they'll say they're not playing in their bowl game or because at this point. A lot of decisions are being made, I think, earlier than I would like them to be made because I do think more kids would play in bowl games or would play in the national championship games, playoff games, whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, But they're not when you have a month before, and the next thing you know, you're playing in January, and a lot of other things have happened in that three weeks. So, yeah, it was, though, I mean, fantastic television between, yeah, yeah, between TCU and, and Max Duggan just being so good, Quentin Johnson just being fantastic to then I thought Georgia was going to lose mm-hmm. for a good portion of that game I thought this is Ohio State's you know CJ Stroud didn't win the Heisman but he's about to go to the national championship now I do wonder though will we because we had such great semifinals will we have a, a dud of a final uh, I hope not I don't think so because if nothing else I think the storyline and I said this earlier and I, I really want to print it on a t-shirt the storyline of David versus Goliath and Stetson Bennett is Goliath, is just absolutely fascinating to me. <laughs> Which I, I do think he's the right guy for the job, but I honestly think that another quarterback might be better than him at his job. Oh, who's Stetson? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think Carson Beck might this season have not even had some of the close games that Georgia right. had if he was playing quarterback, but 
Kirby Smart knows what he's doing. He has learned from mistakes in the past. He is riding with Stetson Bennett, and certainly like we will see. Field. Yeah, <laughs> we will see if that works. Now, what'll be fascinating is if if TCU is able to play Georgia closely, which I think they will too. Mm-hmm. And Stetson isn't playing well. What does Kirby do? And this isn't just questioning because it's Stetson Bennett and he was a walk on a blah, blah. It's when your quarterback's not playing all that well. We saw it. We saw Nick Saban do it and he won a national championship because yeah. of it. When And it was against Georgia. JJ, when, what did I text the group message at halftime of Saturday's semifinal? <laughs> Should Carson come in? Yeah. For, <laughs> and I'm know. a noted Stetson Bennett like, That's why fan. I, I don't right. think. Anything can happen for them to put in Carson. Honestly, you I don't think so. Especially okay. not after this weekend where he did come back and that last drive was so epic. Like, no, I think if he's down twenty one points, he's he's in the he's game. Riding they're, with yeah, they're I mean, what if, die right now. With what if guy. like somehow they were up thirty five? Oh well, yeah. Stetson didn't play the fourth quarter of like yeah. five games this year. Carson did. Well, and that's I agree with JJ on that though because I just think that the way the game went, I mean, because what they were up thirty eight. 24 something like that through third quarter through three quarters so in their head they're going to say okay well he was able to do it once so why would we pull him in a fourth quarter even if it was a gap like that but I don't think it'll be I don't personally think it'll be a big gap I think we'll have another good game yeah can we give Max Duggan his flowers I know we did after the big 12 championship even in a loss but like that dude is just such a warrior and I mean look and like Matt Hayes brought it up today like TCU's model, where they have four players who have played in a bowl game before, not college football playoff bowl games, Mm -hmm. a bowl game before, and they have just absolutely dominated the transfer portal, and they've just caught lightning in a bottle in Sonny Dykes' first year as head coach. It's not a model that you can easily replicate. I'm not sure they make it back to the playoff next year, like the Georgia monster that has been built over the Mm -hmm. past few years of Kirby Smart. But that's what makes sports great, yeah. is great storylines like this one. And for what it's worth, like Max Duggan wasn't a walk-on. He was a four-star, yeah. fringe five-star. He had offers from Alabama. He had offers from Clemson. I can tell you this, having covered his recruitment, like it was a shocker when he went to TCU. He had Notre Dame. He had, like, you name it, he had an offer from them. And so that's what, you know what, and it also says something about a stick that even when he wasn't named the starter earlier this fall, he still stuck with the new mm-hmm. head coaching staff, and now here they are playing for a national championship. It really is a, a lot of, like, sit back, relax, and, and watch the storylines unfold because yeah. you do have an unbelievable quarterback's journey in Stetson Bennett and certainly Max Duggan, Sonny Dykes versus Kirby Smart. Like, there's there's so many of the fun storylines that, yeah, we just – Monday night, we get to sit back, relax. By the way, did I see the, the – I saw time starts at 7.30. Don't – doesn't the National oh, Championship always that. start? Yeah, like eight thirty. Nine o'clock. Nine no. o'clock. Yeah, nine I looked o'clock. it up and it said like ten thirty at halftime usually. I was like, have we learned from our transgressions <laughs> in the <laughs> past? It is. It's like, why didn't they do that on New Year's Eve? I know. Uh, I know. The like countdown to the field goal slash the ball <laughs> dropping was like kind of epic. If the kick would have been better, I feel like I'm seeing seven thirty, <laughs> Lauren. See, <clears throat> I'm not going crazy. Well, it is on, being right? played in L. A. I don't uh, know if that is, I mean, the is that L.A. local time, 7.30? <laughs> no. That seems <laughs> more likely than kicking off the game at 4.30. Yeah, they're like, we're starting at 7 p.m. West Coast time. Oh, it better not. But all right, that is, is going to do 7:30. it. Yeah, see, that's what I thought. Love uh, that. Because I have a dinner that night with friends, and so I was like, we originally talked about going to a sports bar before 
we realized it was that game. And I was like, mm-hmm. wait, hold on. Never mind. No, 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 no. All right, that's going to do it for us. Stay tuned for Into the Night with Rick Ballou. He is coming up next. As always, thanks to our fabulous producer, JJ LaSelva. For Mia O'Brien, for Taylor Dahl, I'm Lauren Brooks. Like I said, don't go anywhere. Stay tuned for Into the Night with Rick Ballou. 